Okay, Paul, you're back again. And I think I'm going to stop saying that because you're part of the show now. I am. Yeah, maybe I'm like a bad penny that keeps showing up. But I suppose I'm no longer just a guest. And I'm very much enjoying this. So I hope it's uh, this continues. This is a good thing we got going on here. The way I'm looking at the show now with uh, Simon not really being able to participate all that much, hopefully he will eventually come back. But uh, the way I'm looking at it is I'm it's going to be different friends are going to come on the show. In fact, next episode, I know you're taking a week off. And uh, my friend Teresa, who is in episode 11, the Who Let the Dogs Out episode, Teresa's going to come on and then uh, you'll be back again for the show after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great plan. And I, I look forward to hearing your episode with Teresa. Well, great. So today we have on our list, we've got three, three areas we wanted to talk about. I got this idea actually from one of our listeners. Our listener sent me some feedback. She was looking for us to talk a little bit about salaries, how salary is such a taboo topic. And so we're going to delve into that a little bit, why it's, especially in North American culture, it's a very guarded kind of topic and it has a whole bunch of different elements to it that you and I I are going to talk about. We're going to talk about the top 10 trending searches of Google in 2019. We're going to go through that list. And personally, I'm interested to know out of the list, have you heard of some of these searches? Because I certainly hadn't heard of them. And I want to see if that's going to expose me as, you know, being one of these dads, you know, old men who just don't know these things and should. So I'd be curious to know if you've heard any of them. And then we're going to finish up with our usual weird or strange news story. And I know you found something that that you're going to share. So yeah, it's great when our listeners give us interesting topics to to discuss. Absolutely. I I love the topic of salary disclosure, disclosure. I think it's something that everyone can relate to, you would think. And I'm really curious to see how this, uh, how the Google searches for 2019. I want to see how out of touch we are. If we're really a bunch of old men that uh, <laughs> are, are certainly out of tune with what's going on in the real world. Who knows? We could actually surprise ourselves. So I think we could have some fun with that one. Well, and the listeners may roll their eyes during it. They'll say, how do you, how have you never heard of fill in the blank? Oh, I picture that happening. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So salaries, how much do you make? How much do I make? How much does the guy across the street make, that person in the community group or, you know, the various people we interact with or even more contentious potentially, how much does the guy sitting behind me or across from me make, you know, my own coworkers, how much does my boss make, how much does my boss's boss make? Why don't we share that information? Are some com- are there some companies out there that do share that information? That's what we are going to talk about today. And I guess, why is there, in your opinion, a stigma around the whole salary topic? Well, that's a, a great debate. And I, I guess we should first start off by saying, I think it's only human nature that we're curious. Of course, we're curious as to what other people make, what our friends make, what our coworkers make. But do we really want to know? And I think when we really stop and think about it, I can understand why there is those stigmas or or, ta- or taboos regarding, obviously, the certain element of secrecy when it comes to salaries. And I think there's more negative 
connotations to it than than the positive. I was just kind of brainstorming this myself, and I think knowing your friends or coworkers' salaries, it can create unfair comparisons, competitions between each other, between coworkers. Uh, it could make for low morale if you suddenly find out that you're grossly underpaid or certainly underpaid in comparison to someone, a coworker who does, uh, who has a comparable job or, or comparable seniority to you. So I think if you yep. open that door, it really can create, can create some problems, can open up a whole bag of worms there. And I, I think that's a very, slippery slope and I can understand why co why companies can be very secretive about that and I'm again I was kind of racking my brains to think should there be a reason why we should know each other's salaries I don't know I don't know if we should yeah like is there an upside to it because there's we've we sort of know those negative sides to it you know there's the the comparison aspect of it judgment I'll, I'll call it I'd say judgment is a big factor here. You know, if you know how much I make, what judgments do you make based on that? First of all, if I make more than you or less than you, you know, what judgments do you make from that? What judgments do you make based on what you thought I made and what I do and my experience level and my education? And then you find out I make lower than you thought what judgments does that open up for for you? So there's the whole judgment aspect, and, and that's in itself full of all sorts of things, whether it's lower or higher than you thought, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. In there. Yeah, it can create definite jealousy, again, amongst coworkers, amongst friends. And it really comes down to the point where is it anyone's business? Is it should I know what your salary is? The answer is probably not. But you're absolutely right. Where if your coworkers find out how much you get paid or your, your, your colleagues within the industry, yeah, there's that instant judgment placed on you to think either they're going to think you're grossly overpaid for what you do or they'll think, wow, that guy's really underpaid. Does he not speak up for himself? Did he do something wrong? Is there a reason behind that? How come this guy isn't making where he should be? Yeah, it really does create a difficult situation there. But I was actually reading, I think it was an article I saw in the New York Times, that there was an argument that keeping salary secret actually reinforces discrimination. And I'm, I'm not sure yes. where they base this information from, but I guess their argument is that they did a survey or, or a study and they found that Workers were actually more motivated when salaries are transparent, and it led to people working harder and more productive and collaborative. I was actually mm. interested. I was surprised to hear that, to be honest with you, because I, I honestly, I don't picture that. Not in my working experience. Not in the places where I've worked. Have you ever worked in an environment where everybody knows everybody's salary? Sort of. Because you had a government job that was... I did. Yeah, I was just leading to that where I did a short stint working for uh, it was a, a government position. So obviously public sector jobs are a little bit different where people are structured within pay bands. 
So depending where you are within that particular band, you can cap out well, depending on your seniority. Now, a lot of companies have pay bands, but the, the thing is, is that in the government, it's a transparent pay band. It's a transparent pay band and it's, it's very fixed. Yeah. I think in the private sector, there, there's more leeway when it comes to pay bands, yes. especially somebody threatens to leave the company or if they need to bring in a new hire. I think when it comes to the private sector, there's not really as structured of a pay band. Whereas private sector, sorry, whereas in the public sector, it's very much structured, especially if it's a unionized position. Yeah. So the position that I held, you kind of knew what everyone made. You could kind of figure it out by their seniority. However, yeah, the fact that you kind of knew what everyone made, but did that make people more productive? And the reason I say that is because if you are working within a pay band and you are absolutely maxed out and you know that you are not going to get any merit increases or any bonuses, does that inspire you to work a little bit harder? Because you have to admit, in the private sector, and, and you and I both work in the private sector, knowing that you get recognized for your hard work by way of getting a pay increase, we hope. merit increases, we hope, you know, obviously depends on, on the type of year that your company has had. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to, to get merit increases and bonuses as well. And it's a nice feeling knowing that your hard work and your efforts throughout the year have been recognized by your manager. So I would like to think that increases in bonuses sort of pushes you to work a little bit harder or at least put in your, your full effort. And I wonder if you had a job where you know that there is going to be no increases at all, does that affect your work? Does that affect your, your outlook as to well, how hard you would push yourself? Depending, Maybe it depends on your personality. Well, let's go back to that for a sec. So, I mean... If we go back to the whole transparency thing, because I think this may be two different topics. One is fixed salary bands and based on, you know, the position you have. The the other is the whole transparency aspect of this. So knowing what your coworker is making and the advantage or disadvantage to that. When you were working at the government job, did you know what your neighbor beside you was making? For the most part, yes. Did you know what your boss was making? Yes. And what, yeah, if, and what, if any, benefit did that have? I don't know if there was any benefit to that. It, it satisfied curiosity. I mentioned before, we're, we're probably all curious as to what each other makes, although being none of our business. But yes, I, I knew what my boss made because of the, the sunshine list, which we're going to talk about in, in a couple of moments mm -hmm. here. But because I knew how much my boss made, I don't know if that really changed my perspective at all or, or, or really, you know, maybe changed my attitude on that. Um, knowing that even if I were to obtain my boss's position, you know, I would only sort of cap out as to whatever, whatever amount my, my boss was making. Um, but I, I will say this though, because I knew how much money my boss made because, you know, as I said, we're going to talk about this in a moment with the sunshine list, but being a public sector environment, because all those public sector salaries are disclosed to the public, I also knew how much some of the, the higher ranking directors made, uh, some of the, the deputy ministers. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, though, when I found out how much 
some of the more senior people made, I that actually made me a little angry and pissed off knowing. And the reason being is that, you know, I, I observed a lot of these people who, in my personal opinion, I don't think they were very effective managers. Right. People that I, I didn't think... I didn't think necessarily warranted that kind of salary. When I found out some of the salaries that some of these individuals were making was very exorbitant salaries. In the so here, here it is again, right? Back to what I was saying in the beginning, the judgment. So you're judging, you're making judgments based on the amount of money and yep. then correlating with your perception of the value those mm-hmm. people are bringing. So again, judgment really enters the picture here. And there's also perspective too, your perspective of what they're making and whether that's, you know, equal to the amount of, of production that they are value that they, they bring. So judgment definitely factors into a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. And I will admit that I, I judged. I, I really did judge. And the, the reason I say that is because there was, well, when I looked at the list of senior individuals within the particular ministry that I worked in, there was one individual who I believe the salary was well over $300,000. And I thought to myself, this person is not worth $300,000. i have met this individual. They have very, they, they do not have social skills. They do not have people skills. They've done nothing to impress me to say, wow, that guy or that woman is is a real up-and-comer. This individual was a very uninspiring person. Again, but you're judging your... Yeah, yeah I did. I did. You're making those I will judgments. admit that. I made that judgment. <laughs> and his boss may have been very happy with his performance and thought he was the, the, doing everything he needed to do, like his stakeholders and whoever you are in the equation. So, yeah. um, I would do the same thing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think we've all met people in our travels who you know or pretty sure they're making a lot more money than you are. And you're asking the question, you know, what value do they bring? What makes them qualified to be in that role uh, what makes them why should they make substantially more money i mean the whole ceo debate when you think about ceos and the amounts they make 50 million dollars in some cases a year are they doing the same amount of work as more of a rank and file employee well it's different kind of work right it's not necessarily being the fastest to process an invoice or you know check an email or answer a customer query and trying to get 25 customer queries answered in a day their whole they've got a whole different set of things that they're they're doing and thinking a lot of some of it is just thought thought leadership vision planning all those things being on the front lines for the public you know, they're the ones that are going to be put out in front of the press if something goes sideways. But, you know, going back just to the transparency thing I and, and where it could be, have some positives is that I wanted to share um, some research I did in particular around genders. Okay, so this was a, an article I found. It was under a website called fairygodboss.com. It's a website that promotes happier and more committed people at work. And in there, they had an article that where 10 women, 10 women gave the real reasons they don't share their salaries. So from a female perspective, and I think some of the males will share the same perspective, but this was a, a group of women. 
they said it can feel like bragging if they if their salary if they talk about their salaries with their friends it can feel like they're bragging um, it leads to comparisons if I make more than that person that I'm talking to they're going to start comparing me even can lead to needing to apologize in some cases feeling that if if the reaction is wow you you make a lot more than I thought or wow you make a lot of money there's almost like a feeling of a need to apologize for that absolutely yeah you know and so a couple of the other reasons were it feels awkward breeds resentment and jealousy and people will make assumptions mm-hmm. in that this one I think is one of the strongest reasons you know things like if people hear my salary they'll think I have I, they may think I have money to waste or that I can freely give it out without knowing their personal financial situation, the bills they have to pay. Pay. Maybe they're looking after their parents. Maybe they're they're providing. They're they've got dependents outside of the circle that you may think they have. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I mean, even something as simple as we go out for let's say you go out for dinner with someone that you know makes substantially more money than you. Is it expected they should pick up the tab? because they make twice as much as you. Yeah, so th- I, those were some of the the reasons that the females came up with, but the whole the whole I mean, a lot of that I think males can can agree with, but one of the things that they did say was that when it's transparent, it gives an opportunity for women in particular to say the whole gender gap, the whole pay gap between genders. We know right now that that's a problem still out there, that women are still not making as much money as men on an average basis. And does that sort of transparency help with the gender pay gap? Yeah, those are all excellent points that that you raised, and I would agree with every single one of them. Okay, so what do you think it helps with the gender pay gap? Yeah, I guess it could because yes, there there definitely is a big issue when it comes to to the gender pay gap. I, I think we can certainly agree on that one. I'm amazed this is even a thing still. Why is there a gender pay gap? I mean, that's a whole other topic. Why is there a gender pay gap? Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right, and we could talk about this. That's a, it's a whole separate conversation in in itself. But yeah, I think that. The conversation about pay is important, especially when it comes to to the gender gap, because you're absolutely right. There's no reason why a woman should be paid less than a man. And, and if there is one positive that comes about with respect to divulging salaries, if that means that women can get paid, um, I guess, comparable to men, then that's something that we should be doing. But the the list that you had talked about there, where there's that that instant judgment, you know, if someone finds out how much money you make, it's like, oh, well, gee, that's all you got me for Christmas, or right. yeah, how how come this individual is not picking up the tab? When, right. Wow, he's he's a real cheapskate. It, there's gonna be those those little digs or or those those small remarks that could cause some harm. It's a very slippery slope. You, you could make arguments for both sides to say that either no, it should not be disclosed, or, or yes, it should. And I think to say that yes, it should be disclosed, it it, it depends. And I know that's kind of a wishy-washy way to answer that question. 
But I think if there's a, a means to divulge that information so that peop- so that women can be paid comparable, so that there isn't any pay discrimination depending on your your race or religion, then th- then that's a good thing. I don't think we need to necessarily know each and every single person's individual salaries, but maybe that gets back into into the pay bands, knowing that if you are in a certain position, you should be paid x amount of dollars based on regardless of your experience if you have that job title you should be paid appropriately Mm -hmm. so it's an important conversation to make Uh, absolutely two researchers uh, from the harvard business school they did a survey where they took 750 employees of a large bank in asia that generates billions of dollars in revenue and they, they pulled this group and asked how much they'd be willing to pay to learn what some of their coworkers earn. Hmm. So the median response, this is out this is across 750 employees. The median response was $13. Okay. Average okay. average. Which indicates that many employees were not all that curious. So if if you don't yeah. want to know, then you probably put zero down or Maybe you just put down five bucks or ten bucks or twenty dollars. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but some cared a lot more. The average of the top half of the responses was three hundred and sixty-nine dollars. Interesting. And the average of roughly the highest quarter of responses was six hundred and forty dollars. Some said they'd pay more than a thousand dollars to know what some of their coworkers earn. And it would be interesting to poll those people that would pay up to $1,000. There must have been some strong motivations as to why right. why that, that information was so important to them. They That's must a great have felt point. very slighted as, well, what we talked about could have been gender pay inequality. Could be someone that, that felt that they were grossly underpaid or there was low morale within a particular department or something mm, of that nature. Yes. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's underlying reasons behind that, but it is it is a, an interesting story where a large segment of people probably don't care, but there is a lot of people that do, uh, then would pay substantial amounts of money to to find that out. You know, perhaps you might have a grudge against your boss or something of that nature. I remember I worked with somebody, it's actually somebody we both know, and we always agreed we wouldn't use names on the podcast unless we had permission, but I did I did work with somebody, someone we both know. He once found out what one of his coworkers was making, and he said he wished he never knew. He said yeah. it was information he just wished he didn't know, because he said I could, he couldn't help but have judgment and be thinking about that in his day-to-day so I think that's an important thing to think about is what are the reasons you want to know? Like if I asked you right now, okay, for $5, I'll give you the salary of your boss. Would you Would you pay it? No. Would I be curious? Absolutely. But is it my business? No, it isn't. So full I, stop, I you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't look, you wouldn't want to know. You wouldn't want to know is what you're saying? Hmm. You're making me think here. You're making me think. But no, I think my answer is still going to be no. I I don't think I I need to know that. And I think you raised a good point. If I did find out, could it change my opinion of him? It might. 
I, yeah, what's the upside to knowing? Well, what's it depends because it. I think it depends on on your on your respect level for your boss. Mm-hmm. For for mm-hmm. me, I I have a great relationship with my manager and I respect him immensely. If I found out he paid he was paid a, a large amount of money, uh, way more than what I was being made, I would not hold that against him. I'd say good on him. Yeah. Whereas I've had bosses in the past who, shall we say, were very ineffective and people who I maybe did not respect as much. And when I found out how much they got paid, I was like, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That was that was my response. Right. So I think it depends on the individual. It really does. Personally, I think we all we all need to worry about ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. We need to do our own research about what is the right amount for us to be compensated based on our personal situations. And if I feel I'm not being paid enough, first of all, I need to have some point of reference for that. If I just feel like I'm not being paid for paid enough, that's that's a topic. And then if I've researched and found out what my pay looks like for my type of job, and there's a massive gap, then that's another topic too. So mm-hmm. I think what's the upside? I, I think we all have to worry about ourselves. And if I know that my boss makes X amount of dollars or even my colleague say that's at the same level as me, I've actually been in situations where I've seen pay stubs lying around in certain friends' apartments or houses. Mm-hmm. And I've always resisted any urge. I mean, that's obviously a major violation of privacy. (laughs) Yeah. But I've always resisted the urge to have a look because there's a couple things. Number one, it's absolutely not something that you should do. It's, it's, I don't think it's criminal, but it's, well, reading other people's mail, I guess, could be criminal. But to me, you don't know what anything there even means. You know, like some... Sometimes that number is, you look at the wrong number, maybe it's the pre-tax number or it's the, it just, there's just so many assumptions that you can make. So obviously for me, anytime I have any access to that kind of thing, I do not want to know. It is not, it's none of my business. Yes. But also I worry about myself. I, if I want to know if whether I'm being paid to the level I should be, it's not by finding out what my colleagues or my boss make. So here's a question for you. Should people be guarded in terms of divulging how much they make? Because I, I've known people over the years that are actually have been very open as to how mm. much they make. Yeah. And it's like, okay, thanks for telling me. I, I didn't ask, nor did I de- nor did I necessarily want to know how much you made. But some people can be very open that way and maybe don't feel that there's a stigma or it's something that they should be guarded about. And, you know, I guess that's a good thing. If, if they feel that comfortable about the the salary that they make and they want to divulge that, then then that's fine. That That's their opinion. Well, why did they, why I, did they divulge it? What was the intent behind it? I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and I guess that... If I sit there casually at a, at a barbecue with you and we're sipping on a cold beer on a, on a Sunday afternoon with the, the steaks gri- grilling on the barbecue. And I just happened to turn to you and say, Hey, did you know that I make 
$80,000 a year or $600,000 a year. What What's the purpose of that? Yeah. And I guess it could be a relaxed conversation amongst friends. And you would like to think that amongst your closest of friends, they're not going to judge you or hold that against you. And I understand that. I, I would certainly be guarded uh, divulging that information to any coworkers or, or people within the industry. And it's so. It, I think some people are also grow up in a culture where this isn't a taboo topic. Like, yeah, maybe their their family has always worked in government jobs, and all their friends are in government jobs, and it's just mm-hmm. something that everybody just knows. Um, I know we wanted to talk about that sunshine list as well. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say I, you just mentioned about government jobs, and yeah, before we close off this segment, I should just make quick mention as to what the sunshine list is. Yeah, the sunshine list is an Ontario thing, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, tell us what the Sunshine List is. So this is, I'd say, within the last ten years or so, the Sunshine List was created, and I'm not sure why they call it the Sunshine List, but either way, it's it's a list that divulges public sector employees who make more than one hundred thousand dollars a year. And when I say public sector, that can mean a broad range. Every single government ministry. Uh, it can be public sector for municipalities, um, for for cities and towns. It can be medical, uh, police, and fire. So any kind of public sector job, anyone who makes over $100,000 a year is included on this list, and they call it the Sunshine List. I guess it's called Sunshine List because it's pouring sunshine onto information. Yeah, that would be my guess. Okay, you get a list every year. Yeah, the list is published of all the people that make $100,000 in this government, in the government. Yep, and you can go online. There's a website. You can go online and and see how much people get paid. And you can search by last name. If you have people you know that are public sector employees, you can find out how much they get paid. And that begs the, the bigger question is, why do we have this? And the rationale behind it is that being public servants, they are funded by taxpayer dollars. And in terms of government accountability and transparency, as taxpayers, we should have the right to know how much money these individuals get paid. And sometimes the list can be surprising. So, for example, the Toronto Transit Commission, sometimes there's surprises as to the types of positions that end up on on the sunshine list and a yeah, lot of do you that, have any examples yeah like ticket collectors or, or, or bus drivers and keep in mind that a lot of it can be people that are doing double shifts or worked a lot of overtime yeah i know that a lot of police make the list because when they do overtime or do court duty they get paid extra for that mm-hmm. so there, there's a lot of reasons why people do make that list for the most part as speaking as a taxpayer i don't begrudge that list I think every single individual on there, if they made a hundred thousand plus, then that is probably you would think it would be comparable to what they would get paid, perhaps in the private sector. But I mentioned before about when you find out the large salaries. I mentioned before about that particular individual within one of the government ministries that may, was making in excess of 300000 I think those are the, the individuals that, that people like to sort of focus in on to say, right. okay, this person is making an exorbitant amount of money, taxpayer-funded, so what makes this person special? They should be getting <laughs> a little bit more scrutiny, you have to admit. 
I know that guy. He never cuts his grass. He's an asshole to his kids. He's a jerk. Why does he make 265k as a government auditor or something? I know I know we want to move on and I think the whole sunshine list is something that we could we could delve into in a, a different segment. I mean, the only my final comment on the sunshine list is who came up with 100k and is it still relevant today? Like yeah. what's 100k mean now versus 10 years ago? Is that something they should maybe revisit and consider making it 150k and up or 200k and up because I think yeah. 100k these days is while it, I'm not saying it's not a lot of money but why 100k? Where does that number come from? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm in agreement. I think it should probably be a lot more. You know, I don't think it's necessarily our right to know what every single civil servant makes. However, there is a lot of individuals that do make a, an extraordinary amount of money. And yeah, we should probably know that information so that they're held accountable. So that we, we know exactly what our, our governments are spending money on. All right, as usual, we try to come up with something that we're using, a product or service, as we don't have official sponsors for this show. Uh, is there anything, Paul, you're using right now, or a service, product, something that you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, so this week I want to do a shout-out. This is something a little bit different. So with everything going on with with COVID, and also being springtime and the nice weather is here, the the bicycle industry is going through an absolute boom right now. It, that's that's the most popular thing to to get your hands on right now is is a bicycle. So anyone that's in the bike business is is doing quite well for themselves. And I wanted to give a shout out to um, a gentleman who lives in my neighborhood who actually is the, the next street over from me, and he's a, a bicycle repair guy. And I found out about him through a Facebook chat room, and he was referred amongst the neighbors within our particular neighborhood. And he is an amazing guy. He is Mm. so knowledgeable when it comes to bikes. He he fixed up my bike and my son's. Uh, We had recently bought my son a, a new bicycle. And when you buy it from a department store, most of the time it's not assembled correctly. That's something that a lot of people don't realize. Right. So to have an individual with that kind of knowledge that can make sure that everything works properly on the bike and it's safe and sound and it has it's properly maintained. And he also assisted my wife in finding a new bike. She was originally going to go to the store and buy one. But this individual, um, I'll, I'll mention his, his name. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Clinton. He, he is an awesome guy. He helped my wife to, to find a Clinton. bike. Yeah, first name Clinton. He mm-hmm. he went on the uh, I guess it was some of the the buy and sell websites, and I'm assuming there's some sites that are specific just for bicycles. And he located a bike, and it was about 45 minutes away. He drove up to to see this bicycle himself, checked it out, bought it on my wife's behalf. It's an amazing bike. He didn't even charge us for gas or for a finder's fee. Just incredible customer service. So I just want to give a shout out so that when you do find hidden gems like that, it truly is amazing. And it's it's awesome to have that kind of individual as a connection. His his knowledge, his expertise, his customer service is absolutely amazing. So definitely a shout out to him. He's he's an awesome awesome guy. Good to have. Good to have uh, yeah. bike people in your circle. So if, if you live yeah. in the, the East Toronto area, specifically Ajax, Whitby, 
this this is the guy to talk to clinton uh-huh. clinton the bike guy so i'm going to give a little shout out to the h4n pro zoom recorder which is the recording device i'm using for today's episode and it's a portable recorder it's uh i'll post a, sh- a note or a link for it in the show notes it's a portable recorder it goes it's bulletproof bomb proof it's super super like it's just you can't destroy this thing so it's great for doing mobile recording and it's fantastic quality it has you can put two microphones into it it's just fantastic i've used it to record sounds for things and um just an all-around fairly simple to use device and very good quality so the the zoom h4n pro it's my go-to mobile recording equipment All right, year in search 2019. See what was trending in 2019. This is uh, trends.google.com. I'm going to look at the United States. That's the, um, oh, let me look at global, actually. So see what was trending in 2019 globally. And this is kind of cool because it splits out different areas. So there's general searches, there's news, there's people, there's actors, athletes movies you know they break it down songs that that have been the most searched songs i'm going to share the top 10 searches and i'm now this is global so keep in mind that this is not if this is not the canadian results although i think i can drill down to yeah i can drill down to countries but let me just stick to global right now so here are the top 10 searches the number one search was India versus South Africa. I'm assuming maybe it's a cricket match or a soccer match or something. You are right. It is a a cricket match. And when you consider the population of India, Mm -hmm. you can understand maybe how this thing showed up in the top 10 searches. Okay. Yeah. So the the point of this isn't really to go through a ranking per se, but I'll just quickly go through the list. So Cameron Boyce was the number two most searched item. I have to admit, I don't know who that is. Do you? A little bit. I knew that. I think he was a child actor who who passed away suddenly. Ah. So the yeah. So I guess I didn't realize I had never really heard of him until he made the headlines because he had died. Mm. And although it's it's obviously very tragic that he died young, I wouldn't think that there would be that much interest in, in Cameron Boyce. As I said, I, I had never heard of him before that. Number but, two, uh, number two globally most searched yeah. item on Google was Cameron Boyce. Number three, Copa America, C-O-P-A America. I have no idea what that is. Nor do I. I don't know. Again, might be some kind of a sporting activity, like could be a soccer tournament or something of that nature. Uh, number four was Bangladesh versus India, which I suspect was also a cricket match that uh, is coming up there. Number five was the iPhone 11. Okay, I guess I can understand that. New products yeah. coming out. Number six, and maybe we're by going in reverse order from one to down to ten, it's anticlimactic, but um, I don't think it really matters. Number six, Game of Thrones, the TV show. Yeah, I think last year was the last season for Game of Thrones, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I could understand that. Season yeah. six, I think. So that would explain people are looking yeah. that up. Yeah. Number seven, Avengers Endgame. Okay. Big movie in 2019. And I believe that was the last movie in the Avengers franchise. 
and I know it had a star-studded cast in that movie. I haven't seen it myself. I know of it. Number eight was Joker, just Joker. So I guess people searching the term Joker. I know the movie The Joker or Joker came out last year, so that prompted a lot of searches. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, ninth most searched, and I'm thinking that's the church because of the church fire. Yes. Yeah, I would go with that. In the, the, I actually would like to check in on that. What What's happening with Notre Dame? God, like nobody's talking about. That was a big news story last year. and It was, yeah. I haven't yeah. thought of that in a year probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been then, over a year, I believe. And then last was uh, ICC Cricket World Cup. So cricket, mm. I think, is showing up here several times just because my guess is that it's a, because of the populations of places where cricket is played, being places like India, mm. these are um, <clears throat> large populated countries that when their people are searching it, it's going to show up in the mm-hmm. top ten, top ten list. So, so yeah. what about the what about the U.S.? I think that's something that we might be able to relate to a little bit more. Yeah, good point. So the United States, just let me bring that up. Okay, United States, top 10. Uh, I'll go in reverse order here. Jesse Smollett, number 10's most searched term. No idea who that is. <clears throat> yeah, this one I kind of knew. Um, I knew of the name, and I knew that there was some kind of controversy surrounding him. He was the guy that actually faked a hate crime assault. So oh. he had made some false... I think he was he was charged for making a false police report. And so I know that there's some controversy over that incident, which seemed a bit bizarre, hence why it was probably a big popular search item. Now, numbers 9, 8, and 7 were all in the global list, which was going in reverse order. Number 9, iPhone 11. Number 8 was Game of Thrones. Number 7, Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. Number 6 was Luke Perry, who we... We know from Beverly Hills 90210 fame, who did die last year, young yeah. guy, 50-ish, I think, um, maybe more, yeah. maybe around 50, I think. That was a tragic death. It was very sudden, so I think that caught a lot of people off off guard. Number five was Antonio Brown, I think, of sports guy, football? Yeah, I, I can talk to this one, because, yeah, uh, Antonio Brown is NFL wide receiver, and he had caused some controversy that resulted in him getting dropped by uh, two teams, in fact. And I I know I can speak to this one because I made the horrible mistake of actually drafting Antonio Brown in my NFL fantasy pool. And Mm -hmm. he, yeah, it was was a bad move on my part. So, yes, I know full well about Antonio Brown and not for good reasons. Anyone who's (laughs) a fantasy fantasy sports player can, can understand where I'm coming from on this one. All right, number four was Hurricane Dorian, which was a windstorm that occurred in the U.S. Um, last in 2019. So that would have that was a big, a big search um, for 2019. Yeah, and the, and that one actually decimated. I believe it was the Bahamas. Uh, some of the islands in the Caribbean were badly hit with that one. So I, I could definitely understand the interest in Hurricane Dorian. All right, number three, Nipsey Hussle. What the heck is that? Uh, he was a rap guy, and I honest, I ne- I'm not into rap music. I'd never heard of this guy up until this point, and I, I think he was, I think he was a he was killed or something like that. I I don't know much about this, 
but yeah, he's a guy I, I had never heard of until last year when when he made the news because someone had shot him. Nipsey Hussle. Hmm. Yeah, Nipsey Hussle. I, I do not have any of his albums, so that I can tell you. All right. And uh, number two, this one was in the global list. I think it was number two in the global list was Cameron Boyce, who we talked about. Mm-hmm. Number one most searched term in the United States in 2019, Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I could definitely see where that one is coming from. Uh, Disney+, Plus, the new streaming service launched by Disney. Very popular. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people wanted to go online and get more information about how it worked and what shows were going to be put onto that that site. All right, let's move into our strange, weird news segment. You brought something. What do you got there? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got an article that I saw, and this is from Sky News, so it's a reputable source. You always preface your uh, your news stories with the name of the of the source, which is great, and then you always add in your it's a reputable source. So, well, I, I think that's important because if I had said uh, this is top news from the National Enquirer, I think people would automatically tune out, would they not? Yeah. Well, in the age of fake news, some people still have different ideas of what is real, which is trusted sources or not. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Sky News tells no, no, us it's- what. Yeah, no, it's a good point. You know, you want to footnote where you got your news source from because you don't want to make, you know, I I don't want to be in a position where I'm reading a a news headline that's completely fake here. Well, we got caught out on that in a a previous episode. Oh, you did? It was like man, 300 penises found in man's basement from, Mm -hmm. um, he was a funeral home worker. And Mm -hmm. midway through reporting out this story, I figured it out. It was completely just a made-up mythical story. So, um, yeah, yeah, it can happen. So, anyway, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead with this. <laughs> it's okay. So, the headline reads, Pair hired from man's broom sexual fantasy turn up in bedroom at wrong address with machetes. And this Sorry, repeat story... that. What is it? Broom? B-R-O-O-M? Broom, yes. Broom sexual fantasy. And this occurred in Australia. Hmm. It says, two men snuck into a bedroom with machetes after being hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked with a broom, only <laughs> to discover that they had got the wrong address. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> So, the the pair from Sydney, Australia, made their apologies and left the startled victim's bedside as soon as they realized their mistake. Oh, it was all over. That's all they had to do was just apologize and walk away. Yeah, sorry about that, mate. Yeah, they carried machetes either as a prop or something to use in that fantasy. Good grief. Like, first of all, you feel sorry for the guy that was... uh, that had these individuals show up at his house. That would give you the, the biggest scare of a lifetime, but... What kind of sexual fantasy includes machetes and brooms? Well, we shouldn't judge anybody's sexual fantasies. I mean, some people, well, they are entitled to have whatever, you know, as long as it's safe. And I mean, with machetes, I'm not sure how safe that sounds. But uh, as long as you're not hurting other people, I suppose people can do whatever they want. Um, So did it say, was there arrests made? Was Was there police? Were the police involved in it? Uh, looks like it was a not guilty verdict, saying the evidence did not suggest the man's actions were intentional. But man, this is so weird. It says, according to, to court documents, 
the man wanted a broom handle to be rubbed around his underwear. He mm-hmm. was willing to pay $5,000 if it was, quote, really good. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but mine's, my mind is spinning a little bit that if all I have yeah. to do is rub a broom handle on someone and get paid $5,000... Yeah, that would be a, a quick $5,000, nice easy money. Well, you said court documents, so the guy, this w- did end up in court, so it wasn't just over with just a simple apology and, and backing out the door, they came in and uh, said, yeah. see you later, sorry for disturbing your sleep. So there was a court yeah. case, obviously, jeez. And how would you find these people? Is there through word of mouth? Oh, dude. Is, is, there, is there a, oh, I'm sure there is a, a, there, you have a kink, it's out there. You can get it. It's, it, there's a, a whole underworld or world for just about anything. And you'd be surprised is all I can say. If you have it, it's, it's the, it's out there. Somebody else probably has it too. So, well, yeah. that, that's a good thing to know. Cause if this podcast thing doesn't pan out, at least there's alternatives, right? It's like Clinton, Clinton, the bike guy. Sorry to bring you into this, Clinton, but you've got uh, Clark and Paul's broom services. Yeah, it'll sweep out your garage and fulfill your sexual fantasies. Well, on that note, I think that's a good spot to end for this episode. We'll be back, as I said, next next episode is going to be with Teresa and myself chatting about a couple of topics just like this. So, Paul, uh, looking forward to the next time we chat. Saying it was luck, huh? Pulling up, huh? Limo tent the trucks, huh? Open trust, huh? Then you fill them up, huh? Every time a nigga drop, it's real as fuck, huh? Every time you hit the road, you fill them up, huh? Whole city know that you became the one, huh? They seen it from the jump, huh? The pressure where it's done, huh? Especially where you come from. Every night, heavy price, but it's just the cloth you cut from. It's alright, it's just life. If you want one, learn to hold yourself down with a big gun. All these niggas playing tough, you gon' chip one. For these dollars a decade, you a rich one. Fuck it though, cause when you flat broke, you ain't nothing, bro. Seen a gang of rich niggas get comfortable. Yeah, looking at they watch like where the fuck it go. Through my eyes, I learn lessons like time is of the essence, and my grind got obsessive. Then my mind got restless, put myself in the game, but batteries so separate. Question. Since when do real niggas come second? So I kick the dough down, get more down. Nigga need at least like 30 for the show now. Whoa now. Really start a 